What's up, boys? Welcome back to the Splitting Gaps podcast, episode four. Uh, finally got the cameras up and running. We got the full full experience. Good to be back with you, boys. We have arrived. We yep. have arrived. We have the Splitting Gaps pod has officially arrived, and um, so I think it was it was necessary to do the whole uh, whole episode on college football last week. There was so much going on. You know, didn't want to toy too much with with. The rest of the things we get into, just because you know we we could have talked for three hours last episode, but I did want to get more into NFL this week. Um, one thing that I took away from this week, and might be recency bias, might be just because I'm a Bears fan, but at halftime of that uh, that Sunday night game, one of the most just despicable comments I've ever seen from a head coach at a halftime, uh, Matt Nagy, who has been on the hot seat for four years since he's gotten here, said, I'm having so much fun right now. That was his quote from halftime. And there's so much wrong with that quote, but the one thing that it, as a Bears fan, as just a miserable Bears fan, that it shows me is that this man has absolutely no no set of you know requirements behind his job description. He has no motivation to be better and there's no standard you know a coach that's sitting at four and eight that's not done anything that he's been supposed to do which is develop quarterbacks run a potent offense and compete for the nfc north something he has not done in three years is having so much fun five games out of first place and there's a lot wrong with it in terms of just you know our organization letting that happen and and it says a lot would you, like it says a lot about who he is and what our organization is when you consider every other NFL coach could you see any other coach saying something like that at, in a game where you hold a slight lead based only off huge plays in a 97 yard uh punt return a 260 yard you know pitch and catches and it was just it was a microcosm of the entire Bears organization for the last three years where, oh, good, you're having fun? Too bad we don't give a flying shit about any any put out on the field. Just let's have fun, right? I don't know. It, it definitely was a sour spot to end the week. You know, I had no expectations for us beating the Packers, but... Man, it just it just hurts to be a football fan and see that your coach is having a good time sitting, you know, sitting as one of the only teams in the NFL not in playoff contention. They joined my Lions. They yeah. joined my Lions, so uh, get in line. I think the funniest part, just to touch on it too, as a Bears fan, is that they went in a. I can't remember the last time we've gone into halftime up on the Packers, and he, they go into halftime up, and I, I think they might have like made less than zero halftime adjustments like they, if anything that like made, made it worse like it was you go in having so much fun it's like you, you gotta you gotta win the game brother like that was they came out and just laid an egg in the second half after that statement which is makes it even funnier that he said that but i don't know yeah we're in we're in a tough spot right now but hopefully hopefully fields can just not stink that's that's well, that's what's next the, for Chicago. Who do you think? I mean, who do you think they'll bring in for next year? Um, someone's got a parallel with Fields. I've heard. Um, <laughs> I've actually heard Ryan Day. Uh, what's it's it called? Interesting. Rumors. Interesting. And, but I mean, 
it's that'd be tough to get. I I would love Kellen Moore, even though the Cowboys offense stall a little bit, but we'll see. You know, I there just needs to be an overhaul. Like I have had trouble rooting for this team because it seemed like they've refused to want to get better. And sometimes wanting to get better and committing to be better means in the short in for period of time being worse. You know, you've seen you saw the Houston Astros lose 120 games a year for a couple years, and now they've turned it into one of the best runs we've seen an American League team outside of the Yankees have. You've seen what the Dolphins are building, who I think they might make a playoff. They make a playoff push this year. Yeah. They were uh, the laughing stock of the entire NFL. They committed to clean house, get all the cancer out, stock up draft capital, and you know let it ride. Get a coach in there that that wants to win in Flores and a tough tough guy, and you know it doesn't always mean okay. Well, let's clear some cap and sign a Khalil Mack because we all know that that has done less than nothing for us. He's been an afterthought for three years now, but it doesn't always mean just trying to compete right now because we've tried to do that. We've gone 500 and. Not once have we looked like a team that could threaten for anything. No. So I don't, it's not even so much, it's like, yeah, get rid of Nagy, obviously, but until they get rid of Pace, Nagy, until they make movements in the front office that show that, okay, we're changing something. Because the, the you know, blueprint, whatever it is, if we even have one, is so far from any type of winning material and winning, you know, premise that, you know, we bring in, we could bring in Belichick next year and, you know, we're going to go eight and eight again and, or be under 500. I, but I don't know. It has to be an overhaul. And um, it's just been, it's just been an absolute shame. Like watching, like being, oh yeah, I'm a Bears fan. There's like a lot of shame in saying that these days. I don't know how you guys do it, and that's coming from a Lions fan. We've just been used to the hope and hopelessness and despair for years now. Just keeps happening every week. Yeah, I mean, getting into some of the, uh, you know, we're getting down to crunch time uh, last couple weeks, last month of the season, and the North is really the, the NFC North is really the only division that doesn't have you know huge implications in this month you know it's the Packers are walking away with it but every other division is heating up for sure uh yeah the NFC South is pretty much just as close as the NFC North both leaders are at 10 and 3 and then Atlanta and Minnesota are 6 and 7 somehow hoping they're still on the graphic they're still (laughs) on the graphic in the hunt um yeah but the NFC the uh, NFC West, I think with that Rams win last night, um, at that's huge. Um, I, I think they could get back in it. They have a tougher schedule down the stretch, a lot tougher than Arizona. But um, it's really Arizona's uh, division to lose in my eyes. And, uh, I mean, they got to get – they're still right in there for a one or two seed, Yeah, Arizona. So, I mean, for them it's got to be close out the division, close out the Rams, but – yeah, Rams still there lingering. Yeah, one uh, one thing that I noticed from watching that Monday night game is that they kept um, like hinting at for the Cardinals, where if you if you're as an Arizona fan, you have to go to Green Bay or Tampa Bay against two 
probably the two greatest quarterbacks ever on the road. If you don't get that bye, that's that's brutal. So Arizona, if they really want want a shot, I think they they got to get that bye. It's it's especially seeing how Kyler and like the, you can still see their like the holes in the team, just like stupid mistakes and all of this. And I don't like Kingsbury. I mean, they're ten and three because they're probably the most talented team in the NFL. But I, I'm not sold on Kingsbury yet either, so I guess we'll see. But I actually, I mean, looking at this, Arizona does have a seven and zero schedule on the road, but it's still they. It's not that's not against uh, two Hall of Famers right. in the playoffs, so it'll be interesting. And that was another thing that was funny while they were hinting at that, they were also talking about how they've been by far the best road team in the league this year, and they're 500 at home, but. It it doesn't matter in the playoffs. You need you want home field. It doesn't matter if you haven't won a game at home all year. If you get in there, and you're Kyler, you're any of those guys, and you're playing in Arizona, you know half the year, and you have to track you go up to Green Bay. That is, it doesn't matter how much better you are. The odds are, you know, the pendulum swings so far in Green Bay's favor. So, it they could be a one seed, and I think they're good enough to be a one seed. You know, now they they have to that game that they lost tragically to the Packers. You know, about a month and a half ago, that's probably might be the difference down the stretch. But you know, I like their odds if they have home field advantage to you know make a run to the ship. But uh, yeah, if they have to go into hostile enemy territory, I don't know that a third year quarterback going into different environment, different atmospheres, that they could get it done this early. You know, and they're kind of. Like they've, they're still, they're just way ahead of schedule on their rebuild. They realized they found something and brought in all these pieces, and now they're unbelievable. Yeah, I mean they're right there. They definitely are. Uh, Just a quick thing I looked up: Tampa Bay's schedule down the stretch is at home against New Orleans, at Carolina, at the Jets, and then end with home against the Panthers. Mm -hmm. So I think it's very reasonable to assume that the Patriots end on a four and zero stretch, four and zero down the stretch. The Buccaneers. Yeah, Tommy. <laughs> yeah, so and they're seated ahead of Arizona right now, so that kind of looks like if anyone is kind of favored for that one seed, I would think Tampa Bay with those four games left. I mean, Cardinals go at Detroit, home against the Colts, at Dallas, and then home against Seattle. That's, um, that's tough. Not that's all winnable yeah. there. Not all winnable by any means. Tampa Bay is 6-0 and at home. So if they get that one seed. I mean, even Green Bay has got to go at to the Ravens, home against the Browns, home against the Vikings, and then they end against Detroit, which is tough. Green so. Bay is also 6-0 and at home this year. So there you go. <laughs> that's that's why they were harping on it so much on the call on Monday night, and it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that was a big game for them to lose. Uh, I, they, I just really don't think they could have afforded that, seeing yep. down the stretch what both Tampa Bay – and Green Bay have. So in, in my opinion, it seems like the Buccaneers are most set up for the one seed. Uh, those are four winnable games right there. Yep. And I feel like it means a lot more in the NFC than the AFC just because of the quarterbacks that you have in the NFC as opposed to these these younger guys in the AFC, like Rodgers at home, Tom at home, Stafford even. I know he's in a new home, but and he doesn't have a ton of playoff experience, but... You do not want to. You want to get quarterbacks like that as uncomfortable as possible. And so the, these guys that know what it means to play at home and what home field advantage is, it just makes it that much more important for these 
for these, you know, secondary teams and teams like Arizona to finish as strong as possible because, you know, I th- I feel like Patriots, their kind of whole shtick and their thing with Mac Jones is they're going to run their offense, their dick, uh, dump and dink all around the field, run the ball, play de- play defense. That translates anywhere, you know. And they know that they have, you know, reservations about their, their quarterback or they have uh, – there's things he can't do yet. But I think it just means that much more in the NFC, and I and the NFC is just so top heavy right now. Yeah, even someone you forgot about, Dak. Dak, the yeah, Cowboys yeah. probably gonna win that division, and Dak's a beast. So that's tough to there's play in five, the world. There's five quarterbacks. I mean, Dak is still young, but like eh, Kyler too, I guess. But just I mean, five of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Pro- probably five of the top eight, maybe or whatever, top nine, and also one to kind of round out the nfc a little bit but one team i wanted to mention was the niners i mean since kittles come back this team is they did drop that weird one to seattle to uh two weeks ago but i don't know san francisco is is i wouldn't want to face them in the in a playoff game and that would if the cardinals get the three seed wouldn't it would shake out to be where wait who would they play then if the cardinal the three plays the six yeah so they they would get they would get uh san francisco and that that's a brutal game for arizona too one of the hottest teams in the nfl coming in and yeah i don't know it's a team that you've had played twice this year you know yeah so and that's never that's always you never want to play your divisional you know foe in the first round of the playoffs because it's like there is that much more that goes into that game. You have two. You have 120 minutes of film on this team just against you. Yeah. Plus your history, you know, that you've had between coaches and whatever it is. I still think relatively the AFC is kind of wide open. Uh, New England is actually underdogs this weekend in Indy, so that could shake up. That's six versus one seed projected right now. Uh, the Colts win that one. Uh, that slingshots the Titans right back up to first. And, uh, hey, the Chiefs, uh, they've been kind of written off, but I think, what, have they won, like, five straight? Yeah, right? They're back. That. They're yeah. back. So, and all of a sudden, if New England loses this one, I mean, the Chiefs are then either, they might maybe they stay at third. I don't know all the implications, but if you get Mahomes trending back up to that first seed or even that two seed to where it's a position like, Hey, maybe he's playing in New England or in Buffalo for the championship. Like that's the thing. That's the situation he's going to get it done in. And so be, be weary of the Chiefs. Be weary of the Chiefs. And yeah, I think obviously that that absolute they just dog walked the Raiders last week. And in a you know you rarely see games like that turn out where it's like a 40, thirty-five in like the first half. Yeah, you that it looked like a. You know, Bama playing Citadel, like, and these are two division. This is a divisional game that have been competitive. Yeah, like the Raiders have been competitive that, with the Chiefs. Yep. And they, I think it was so much like everyone because the Chiefs are who they are with Mahomes. They drop a couple games. They're not looking great, and everyone kind of, you know, oh my God, you know, fire, fire. They'd been playing way better and and gotten a couple wins and this was kind of just their statement like we're back we're back and we're still the best team in the AFC it's and really been their to defense be. too that's picked it up over the last five weeks they've been playing unreal and now with the offense hitting their stride whoa hold on maybe Chiefs are sliding back into that 
one seed area, and now the playoffs go through Arrowhead. I mean, it's it's very different, especially with a seven team format. You know. Yeah. One of the, I mean, one of the points that I heard made about the Chiefs, and it makes a lot of sense, where these last couple of years, when they've been amazing. It's Mahomes to Ty Hill for 70 yards, like, whenever they need it, Mm -hmm. you know? And that explosive play has always been there. And kind of to start this year, it wasn't there. Like, that first game, I remember Ty Hill had that, like, 80-yard bomb or whatever. So, yeah, Chiefs are the same old, same old. And now, like, a couple games stretch. But now their offense is a lot more surgical. It's a lot more, like, normal without that. But that explosive play is still there. So defenses are playing against that explosive play and then they're they're taking you out underneath now with McCole Hardman and all these guys uh Daryl Williams has been a big impactor but like it'll be interesting to see how this AFC shakes out because you're right it's so wide open massive game tomorrow night and another thing that's interesting like they are running that more like surgical type of offense where, you know, they're getting to some third downs and they're going on 10 play drives, which you really didn't see because they get a couple, you know, they get a couple first downs and it was over the top to someone. But something that's interesting about what's been going on in their new offense is Kelsey has been as quiet as he's ever been in this offense in over the past like month or so. Like his production has gone way down. Ty Hill even too. with yeah, anti Hill even with like they've shown, and this is what's scary is like two of the biggest, two top 10 weapons in the NFL are flying under the radar and not putting up video game numbers anymore, and they're still putting up 30 points a game. And another one last thing I wanted to get into just about the AFC as a whole is man, I was big on the Bills. I think a lot of people were. It was their, they were going to win the division, and they were, it was going to be them and the Chiefs right it was their back. Year. And, what is going on in Buffalo? Because they're almost out of the picture right now. Yeah, I looked at that. They're really clinging to that seventh spot right now. Uh, they got home against Carolina, then huge game in New England, yeah. and then they end with two home games against the Falcons and Jets. So <clears throat> everything looks like they could win out. Um, I mean, they were right there with the Patriots, 14-10 loss a couple weeks ago. Um, in New England, obviously be a little tougher, but... I mean, if you end there on a four-game win streak, like you know, you're trending up in the right direction. I, I think there's still life left for the Bills. I do, and I, I, I really do. I, I, New England. I mean, think about it. If New England loses this weekend, they're projected to. They're two-point dogs. If they lose that and then drop the other one to Buffalo, I mean, that's a two-game swing right yeah. there. So Buffalo could claw their way back into it. I think them and the Chiefs are kind of in that good position to just, hey, let's slide our way back up to the top right now in these last four weeks. But it's just so – they're such an interesting team because obviously Josh Allen is so good and he can just sling the ball down the field. He can make plays with his legs. But two weeks in a row we've seen absolute anomalies of offensive game plans from this team. Like they threw – they – ran the ball or they threw the ball into the wind that that Patriots game which was just with the with the weather conditions but then last week they went it was like the first time in 40 years that a team hadn't handed the ball off in in the first half and their first handoff was on a fake punt and like McDermott's a hell of a coach but but you're putting too much on Josh Allen 
if you're make if he has to draw back sixty times in a game that you should win. You're just he, not gonna win. You're not. That, it's not a recipe for success. You're get you know, it's you're not sustaining him. He's taking shot after shot because he's he's tough as nails. He's one of those guys that you can't tell him to, you know, slide down. He's gonna put your shoulder into you. And the more times you drop back, the more times you're gonna get hit, you know? And you have to be able to rely on some sort of running game. And that's like they are they could not be more polar opposites with the Patriots right now in terms of who they are as like their identity, which I think will make it interesting this last month because I think that the way it'll shake out, I'm I don't know, but I do want to see the Bills in the in the postseason. Well, if it's funny, like you're looking at the AFC East, how like if somebody told you two months ago that the Dolphins are a game behind the Bills, the Dolphins were sitting at one and seven. Yeah, wow. They've won five in a row, and now Buffalo's sitting at seven and six after they were crowned to win this division. So it's it's pretty crazy how the NFL can just work like that and shake out. And uh, I'm I'm curious to see how it play out down the stretch. Yeah, I mean another another team that you know was in the mix and we've talked about because they got the the Pats coming up is the Colts. Like they're a team that they are not afraid to just oh we don't if we don't have to throw we're not we're gonna give it to JT we're gonna shove it down your throat with our O line and stop us you know like Carson Wentz in that Texans game had like five attempts in the first half or in the, their first like yeah, they eight or nine drives and it's like yeah why why fix it if it ain't broken like just JT is a horse. He was at Wisconsin. They know he was. He was a guy that's getting, you know, 35 carries a game for four years. Hines is pretty good, too. And Hines is Hines is very good. Yeah. And dump it to him. Don't get away from it. And it's like these these teams in the in the seven spots right now in the AFC are such, like, such different teams. Like, you know, you see the Chargers up there at five. Chargers, you know, they, they Eckler's a great running back, but they want to get it to him in space. And yeah. they want to shove the ball down the field, and Herbert, you know, they want Herbert to air it out as much as possible. Then you have the Colts and the Patriots, who just want to run it down your throat until you stop them. Then you have the Bills, that is kind of like if we're going to run the ball, it's going to be Josh Allen, and it won't be his first read most likely. And it, and then you have the Ravens, who it's kind of like, I don't know what to think. But, I don't know. I don't think they'll make the, you know, that the, the. AFC North is a really weird division is, right now. How long is Jackson out? I didn't see. He's day to day, I think. That is a weird division. I mean, since he looks like they could be the best team, this could be. But I don't, I don't know. Every I mean, team has so looked like the best team at one this, point or another. This, this game I mean, on Sunday, they've had a lot of close. I think games. it's Sunday. Bengals Broncos is going to say a lot because they're both sitting at seven and six, and they're both right there. A win. Whoever wins that game is going to be sitting pretty going in because the Bills are are struggling right now. So just waiting for someone to make a mistake. Exactly, and they got to go back to New England. So Denver, Cincy. Now is think, now is the week. I think Indy. Although I do like them this weekend at home against the Patriots, they have to go to Arizona and then home against the Raiders and then at Jacksonville. So I mean, home against the Raiders is definitely winnable, but they've been. Hot or cold all season. Yeah. So I could really see, whoa, this could get ugly and the Colts lose three straight. You know, it could. And that's where, with them sitting at the sixth seed, 
you don't know, and then it could open the door for, like Marty just said, a Denver to win this weekend. And then, wait, hold on, all of a sudden, Denver's in the playoff discussion. After starting the season, I think 5-0, and right? Yeah. And then they uh, maybe 3-0. Three 3-0. And three and and but either way, uh, to lose and then just kind of claw your way back. Yeah, right there Denver's the won four out of the last five. So like like un, very under the radar four out of very, the last five. Too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they lost four straight in the middle of the season. Um, and they go, they have Bengals, Raiders, Chargers, Chiefs, so it's not looking good for the Broncos. But but um, another another thing that I think is interesting about this Colts team and about the the AFC South right now is, I know the Titans are nine and four, and I know they beat up on some good teams, but I'd probably rather play the Titans than the Colts right now, just because I think you can no Derrick Henry and a Ryan. A Ryan Tannehill that you don't know which Ryan Tannehill you're gonna get. Like, I, I know they're what two games up in that division, seven and six. They're nine and four, uh, two games up in the in the loss column. But like, if if the if the Titans aren't you know on if they don't stay on their toes, like, do they play again? Do they have a game or have they played twice already? Who? Uh, Colts sure. and Titans. The Colts and Titans uh, don't play. No, they don't play. They've played twice already. No, I already have. So I guess it's up to both of them, but I do want to see the Colts, and I, I'd love to see them play a third time in the playoffs just because I be I game. really like this Colts team, and I think, they, I think they're better. Like, I'd rather play the Titans right now. Well, yeah, like you were talking about it earlier, about identities. The Titans lost their identity. Their identity was the, si- the same <laughs> as the Colts, the same as the Patriots. It was horse our guy for however long that they can and then he went down so now it's it's a lot it's a much different team with Dante Foreman like, like it's expo- helm, it's so. exposed a lot of sloppiness you know in their offense well also you can't like fully bag on them because AJ Brown and Julio have both been out the last two three weeks now Julio's back AJ Brown should be coming back so it might be they they might bounce back a little better with those guys, Tannehill probably look better. So they'll they'll be interesting. But I agree. I actually like the Colts this week against uh, the Patriots. I do yeah, too. me too. Me too. But it's like, I think most people, you know, they have a nice record and they, in prime time, took care of the Rams, who were hot as a pistol at the time. But it's like, these these Titans, they play twice against the Texans, twice against the Jags. I mean, the two worst teams in football. And they got a game. They had another so basically five auto W's with the Jets, who they lost to, who they dropped that game to, in <coughs> miserable fashion. And it, so it's like a third or more of their schedule has been just a cakewalk, yeah, you know. And it's true. It's gonna be these games, no matter even if they are, you know, favorites and they should step out there and win. The last month, it's just so much chaos. So. We'll see if we'll see what kind of Tannehill we're getting because they've made these runs in the playoffs and he's been he's done enough where they can win. But when you have to put you know when you have to drop him back thirty times, can he can he give you what you need and can he convert in the red zone? Because they've had a problem doing that this year too. I honestly think Tennessee's just a playoff team. Yeah, I think they really. I mean, they've kind of shown that the past two years. They get in there and. That anything can happen. 
you know, you said, what Tannehill do you get? That is a question I believe, like, the defensive coordinator is asking right up until game time. Because there's been playoff games where he lights it up. Obviously, Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry and really carries them. But I always see this graphic, and it cracks me up. It's, is Tannehill elite? And I honestly don't know because he's a really good game manager. He really doesn't make that many mistakes. And he puts his team in a position to win time after right. time after time. So maybe he is, and I don't know. And that's where you, you, you don't know what Tannehill is going to show up. But this guy, is he I Joe have no doubt, 2.0? he could be. And you have no idea if this guy is going to close out, and he could win the game for the team very easily. Well, the one one last point on Tannehill is that I remember seeing somewhere that, like, he was either leading or, like, right up there with the top of rushing touchdowns for quarterbacks. And that aspect of his game has not been there this season at all. And so that's that takes away some part of his game where he actually was very mobile and, like, very good on the ground. And now that they don't have Henry and he's not running and he's throwing more, it's. But we are criticizing this team. And they're nine and four, so it'll be interesting to see how he plays against these uh, these better teams because they haven't really. I mean, they've gotten the job done against great teams. Uh, you were saying like you'd rather play the Colts than the Titans, but they've the Titans have beaten the Colts twice this year. I know. I mean, they've beaten the Rams, they've beaten the Bills, they've beaten the Chiefs. Uh, they lost to New England, but. Uh, down the stretch, they go to Pittsburgh, and then they got home against the Niners, home against the Dolphins, and then at Houston. So for them, that looks like uh, maybe a little tough start with Steelers and Niners, but Niners are ultimately at home. I think they can go 4-0 down the stretch. Really, And if New England slips up, hey, we're going through, we're going through uh, Nashville. No, yeah, they still, have a very posi- they still have a very clear path to the one seed, you know, but... Those would all be very good wins, too. Yeah. Those are yeah. all teams that are looking Hot. at the playoffs. They're all, all, those Except are, yeah. Houston. Those are Houston. Three, yeah. Of those, yeah, exactly. three of those four teams are three of the hottest teams in football right now. Yeah. The Niners, the Dolphins, Pittsburgh and the is lurking there. And if, if I'm Pittsburgh, I'm kicking myself for tying the Lions. Because they don't. They're right there at 7-6, and six, a game behind Baltimore, tied with Cleveland and Cincinnati. Anything happens down the stretch. I mean, they they could have been in such a... They still are kind of right there, but with games against two of those opponents I just named in the Browns and the Rams to end the season, um, they they still have a tough schedule. They got home against the Titans at the Chiefs, home against the Browns at the Ravens. But to have that more confidence in not staring kind of like, hey, we have to win all these to even be in the conversation... Could have been a lot different saying, hey, we're at 7-6, and six, we're right there. Someone slips up, we're a wild card team. If Baltimore really slips up and we beat them, we could win the division right down the stretch. But So that tie is just so haunting. Yeah, and so who do you think is the best team in that division? I think Cincinnati ultimately is. I think they're young still, and so the whole instance of getting spurts, like good and bad, is still there. Like They, they look young. Kind of like the Cardinals, what you were talking mm-hmm. about, how they I think they have the players. I mean, Jamar Chase has shown that in any game, if he gets the ball put to him, he can score two touchdowns. Um, Joe Mixon running the ball, they can they can be good, and Burrow's a hell of a quarterback. So if you get the things going right for Cincy, I think they it's going to come down to big games for them. I mean, they have the Chiefs, the Browns, and the Ravens, and the Broncos. So... We were discussing how important that game against the Broncos is this weekend. A pair of seven and six teams going against each other. 
if they can win that, I think they're in a little bit better of a situation to say, okay, we got to play the Ravens and the Browns down the stretch. And those are games where, you know, those are massive divisional games down the stretch that right. could have them win the division. Uh, but a lot of tough games for them. Yeah, it, the, the best part about um, just all of these teams were saying, like, they got tough schedules and whatnot. We're gonna find out who these teams are. They're all gonna mm-hmm. pre- they're gonna prove themselves, or they're gonna be sitting at home and for the playoffs. That's that's all it is, and that's gonna be. I love that the uh, the playoff race is heating up. It's it's so close with this extra spot. There's so many scenarios where all these teams just have chances, and it just makes games a lot like it's a lot more meaning behind them too. Yeah, like in the in the NFC, the sixth spot right now, the Niners are in. They're seven and six. They're a game over five hundred. The seven spot right now is Washington, who's six and seven. Right outside of the seven spot, you have tied the Vikings, the Eagles, the Falcons, the Saints, all six and seven. So those are yeah. all teams. And like you think about this, you're like the Saints and the Falcons. Like these teams have been an afterthought. How could for, the Falcons be a player? How can the Saints, <laughs> yeah. who, who just lost five in a row ahead of last week, you know? And it's like you've written these teams off, but it's like there's a good chance that some of these teams that have kind of been thrown away because they've had such lackluster, whether it's injuries or they've just, you know, laid eggs, like they're going to be back. And there's going to be a lot of games week 17, week 18 that, wait, winning in for, you know, the the Falcons? It's going to be crazy. Like what? I don't know. Definitely. uh, MVP is shaking up a little bit. Brady. Who else? Plus 150 right now to win the award. Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Josh Allen, four, plus 450. Rodgers, plus 650. Murray, plus 800. And that's kind of – then there's a drop-off. But that's just crazy to see Tom Brady. What is he, 45? Still 40, just yeah, playing 44. phenomenal football. I don't M- – Championship-level football and MVP-level football are different. I wouldn't, the fact that he's doing both are just absurd. Yeah, but, I wouldn't give him my vote just because he's not even the best player on his team. Um, that would go to a man by the name of Leonard Fournette, yeah. who has been playoff uh, Lenny. Playoff Lenny is now regular season Lenny. He's been unbelievable, and this is coming somewhat biased. I'm uh, I'm very proudly on a ten game win streak in fantasy right now, wow. and I never thought I'd, I'd be here, but I could have never done it without Leonard Fournette. And I just like it's it's so interesting with with these with the teams Brady's had because they always have like this stable backfield with these guys in and out and some guy will have a great game and then the next game he's not really there you know and you're kind of like didn't he just you know he looked great last week like where is he now and these receivers oh he got 12 targets you know a week ago and now he's got you know one one catch it's like Brady just he picks these guys out and he's 100%. like no I like you yeah. Like he he picked out Lenny who he was splitting basically 50-50 with Ronald Jones the first 4 weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. And then come week 4 or 5, he's like no, you're my guy. I'm going to throw it to you. He, like his checkdown to Leonard Fournette has been their first second down play for two and a half months now and Leonard Fournette has gotten ex- incredibly incredibly more apt in the passing game. And so Brady just Bray's never had a problem dumping it off, you know what I mean, and taking that first get get to third and manageable. But yeah, that it goes into you got a running back that was kind of 
not kind of very on the decline. You know, obviously he got the playoff Lenny name, played well in the Super Bowl, but a guy that was not living up to his rookie year in Jacksonville and what he was supposed to do. You get him mixed with just Godwin, who's been great, Mike Evans, who's been great, and Gronk looks reinvigorated. And, yeah, that team is scary. And, you know, I'm, I'm joking about Brady. Like, he's just, he's just a mastermind. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to get you the ball this play. Gets it to him, 15. You know, I'm a, all right, dump to Lenny, 6, 7. All right, Gronk over the top, touchdown. Like, there's just a million ways they can beat you on offense. And I don't know. They, I, I know this is getting away from MVP, but I could definitely see a Chiefs-Bucks rematch very easily. Yeah. I I've, I just have a weird feeling about the Chiefs this year. I don't think they're going to get there with that AFC picture that we were talking about. I have a weird feeling it's going to be the Patriots. And who? I think it's going to be the Bucks. You think it's written in the stars? I just think that, I mean, last year we saw Green Bay get the one seed and Tom Brady had no problem disposing of them, disposing of them and, getting, and getting to the Super Bowl again. Uh, I, I really don't think... It would take him not getting, like, a higher seed. I think maybe if they get the three seed, you could argue, okay, maybe going to Arizona, then Green Bay could be a little tough. But ultimately, I'm going to side with Tom to get it done down the stretch in the regular season to get himself in a position to have all home games except if he has to play in Arizona or Green Bay and then just scheme for that. I mean... I just think the Buccaneers are the best team, and I think they're the best playoff-wise and leadership-wise. I I really think my bet before the season was Bills Bucks, so I mean I hope the Bills figure it out. Right. I hope the Bills figure it out, but I think it's going to be Pats. Pats Bucks would be my bet now. I I like uh, a little long shot here. I like Los Angeles Chargers versus the Arizona Cardinals, the West Coast Super Bowl. I mean, cool. that would be fantastic be for, for football. Yeah. Like, has the two the two teams with the wor- the the lowest fan bases yeah. in, in football, and neither of them ever won it, right? I don't think so. That's 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 my gut feeling. But I mean, who wouldn't want to see you get two electrifying young quarterbacks? Yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. Young young coaches, yeah. young innovative coaches, like that'd be great. And that'd, if they if they were to get there, both defenses would be firing on all cylinders too. Yeah. Oh, they, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. both have the talent on both sides of the ball. The uh, Chargers haven't really clicked on D, but, but their like, secondary can shut down. A, yeah, playoff you know, football is just such a compound of different things. I mean. You saw even that year where Tennessee made so much noise in the playoffs. Uh, they fell short against the, the Chiefs. Against the Chiefs. Yeah, that's so, true. And, and that was, they were the low seed. I mean, they, they I think it was the Ravens they beat. Ravens and the, and the Patriots. Patriots. Like, yeah. To beat Tom Brady and then play, I think it was MVP Lamar Jackson. Yeah. To do that, and they were so hot, and, and like to ride in, that way. In Foxborough and in Baltimore. Yeah, like yeah. Ro- being the low seeded team and to be able to go to get there, like that's it's so much to take that extra leap and get that third game done yeah. if you're ultimately going to do that. That's a whole different level of football. And I think that's why it's so, with all those those factors and how it is compounded, all these things in the playoffs, that's why it's so crucial that that New England stays hot and gets the one seed because you have a rookie quarterback. Yeah. So it's all you talk about all England. you talk about all these things compounding. 
on a on a kid that's played in ten NFL games, it makes it it highlights it and and amplifies that tenfold because he's never been there and he doesn't know how to react to you know these different schemes that are throwing out that they've never seen because because they're playing teams that they really haven't played in this capacity. Yeah. So I mean, with the one seed one number one thing, you limit the games you have to win. You only you have to win two compared to three. That's yeah. a huge advantage already. Other advantage is playing in Foxborough. And third advantage is having that home crowd support the young quarterback like you just said. I think I think the Patriots will only make the Super Bowl if they have the one seed. Yeah, I think if they, I like that take. If yeah. like we talked about throughout this show so far, if we talk like we said, if Indy gets it done this weekend and then Buffalo wins in New England and they're like a three seed, like I, I really can't see Mac Jones going to Tennessee or Kansas City in the two versus three seed game and winning that game. In my opinion. Yeah, and that's where I like. I think they need to be two seed. You actually like get a shot where he gets like the two home games. Maybe they get a little hot, and you got to ride that momentum then into Kansas City or Nashville. But if they don't get this one seed, it looks a lot darker with a young QB. It just looks a lot darker, in my opinion. Could you imagine though? It would be like code red for the rest of the league if Mag Jones yeah. they don't get the one seed and he goes into hostile territory and and wins like convincingly or or go, gets to an AFC championship on the road and like it would be like oh my god it's, it's happening. happening it's yeah. happening again yeah on on the kid that everyone was making fun of for looking like a what a pudgy school counselor just like Tom at the draft yep like just. I mean, you watch it. They are running the exact same style of football. They they look like every Patriots team I've ever seen. Just just push the ball down the field, run the ball until they can stop you. If the first read's not there, dump it off, and then play suffocating defense and hold teams to and field you know, goals Max in the red zone. Max is a smart quarterback, too, who's perfect for that. And I think it's almost good to have a young QB for, like, Bill because Bill can then just be like, we're doing this, and he'll be like, no questions asked. Like, yeah. follow the leader. And they don't try to do too much like these other guys. Yeah. So I like New England out of the AFC as the best team from this point moving forward. I, I don't think that, like I said, that necessarily means I don't think they will win the AFC unless they're the one. Yeah. I think they need all that support, like we just mentioned. So, But right now, I guess my pick is, yeah, they run the table down and out throughout the season. Um, maybe slip up with one game and hope that the Chiefs, and I mean, they have tough schedules too down the stretch. So, But, yeah, last four games, let's see who wants it most down the stretch and wants to lock up that one seed. Yeah, so, Mar, you see see Kyler taking down the Packers at some point? Do you think, I mean, if you have him going to the the ship? Yeah. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers, you can't can't get past the NFC Champions. He's done it once, so. Yeah. I think he's one in five. Yeah, so. One in uh, five. There's clearly something going on there because he's been through two coaches, so it's. I mean, I, I don't know. I, it's I don't a see, tough game to win. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it is. is the NFC Championship. It is. <laughs> it's just it's like, hard well, to go to the at, Super Bowl, yeah. Look at the NFC this year. There's three 10-3 teams, whereas the best in the AFC is three 9-3 teams. Like, you just have three. Your top three teams are a whole game better than their top three. And, yeah, I mean, it's 
it's in the quarterback thing is just so different. I mean, you got Rodgers and Brady. That's just like putting a shotgun in your mouth having to play those guys. Mm-hmm. And much less on the road. So, yeah. Um, yeah. What are we thinking? A little college bowls now. Yeah, we get into getting a Some little bowls. bowl season action. From, I got a, uh, I got this pulled up. The uh, first game we got December seventeenth, the Bahamas Bowl, Middle Tennessee State versus Toledo. Throw the records out. A little ten and a half spread favor, uh, Toledo favored. Uh, who do you guys like in that one? I love Toledo. I love to. I'm big on the Mac. Yeah, in, I in take bowl that. I, I, I love the Mac in bowl season. Yeah, I, so going right into the next, uh, we got Northern Illinois, Coastal Carolina, the Cure Bowl. Uh, I'm fading the Huskies on this one. I like I like the Chanticleers. That'll be <laughs> that might be the worst the worst decision you could ever make fading the Huskies in bowl season. But uh, no, I'm going Northern. Um, I think it'll be a solid game. I could easily see Coastal, you know, pulling away. But I took Coastal. But I think Huskies coming off that huge bounce back year, taking a MAC championship after being despicable last year. I think they, I think they take some of that momentum into this game and. Uh, it really comes down to in these kind of games, it's like what team really just wants it more. Yeah. If like if you want yeah, like it who more, who really wants the even curable. if you're not, yeah, like if you if Northern gets up for that game, they could make it a one Honestly, possession that's, game. That's actually a brutal bowl draw for Northern winning the MAC, and then you got to go play Coastal. It's like one of the best offenses in like college football. Yeah. Like curable. <laughs> like, it's I mean just actually prefacing that, but yeah, I don't know it, that. That one stuck out to me. That's going to be an interesting game. Of all like the random like random teams getting in, that one will stick out. Some That's... of these bowl names are so bizarre. I mean, right up next to the Boca Raton Bowl. The Guacamolito Bowl. Western Kentucky, uh, App State. App State's favored by two and a half. Uh, I went with App State there. I just, I, I like App State in bowl season. I like, I like Western Kentucky. I also like Western Kentucky um, okay. outright. Um, all right. App State looked bad in that in their conference yeah, championship. Yeah. They looked really bad. Bounce back game. <laughs> uh, New Mexico Bowl. UTEP plus ten and a half against Fresno State. Uh, I went with the, the UTEP Miners. I like the Bulldogs. I the actually, Bulldogs are sitting at nine and three. I actually really like this game. Like these are two. This is a great matchup because these are two teams that played really really well this year. Like not only did they get a bowl, but they convincingly they both won. Oh, what was UTEP's record? I think like eight and four or something. Like they both, like UTEP was competitive all year, and Fresno State they had that crazy start. Yeah. Like, so I think this will be a good game. So, because I think it'll be a good game, I'm taking UTEP to cover Fresno to win. Keep it close. Yeah. Um, Independence Bowl BYU UAB UAB is plus seven and a half. I went with the Cougars. This one I was looking. I actually looked into this game a little bit. UAB eight and four. They had a really nice season compared to where that program used to be. And I, BYU played a lot of teams tough. And everything about this seven and a half point spread screams BYU. That's why I'm taking UAB. All Because right. <laughs> you can't. You can't like you your throw, reasoning. Throw the logic. I'm not out. gonna take them, but <laughs> I like your reasoning. Yeah, I have BYU. Lending right. Tree Bowl, Eastern Michigan versus Liberty. Eastern Michigan's getting eight and a half. I went with the Eagles. Being from Michigan, we got to ride the uh, the Michigan teams. I like I like Liberty in this one. Hugh Freeze gets it done. Yeah, I think yeah. So. I, I also took Liberty. Um, 
Yeah, I just took liberty. <laughs> <laughs> I did not do my research on this lending tree bowl, but um, yeah, it's really tough to do research on the lending tree bowl. I mean, who really cares? Uh, December eighteenth at five forty-five. I. W- Probably will watch it. Yeah, though. I'll probably yeah. not to say that I won't be tuning in. <laughs> I absolutely will. I'll well, be tuning in because the, I have Eastern Michigan. That's the best fans. part about a bowl pool. You're in every game. I'm. I'll be watching the, uh, the Cure Bowl or the the Boca Raton. Just yeah, going going uh, Western Kentucky. Yeah. What about the uh, LA Bowl? Utah State plus seven and a half against Oregon State. Real quick though, is Malik Willis is going to play? Right. Um. He should. To prove draft stock, yeah, right. This prove a game. they'll be their most broad, their highest, their first like game. network game. Yeah, against yeah, hundred. He should. <laughs> I haven't seen anything that. If he, he plays, play. I'll take it because I think he'll probably make a statement. I don't know. Uh, all right, yeah, Utah State plus seven and a half against Oregon State. I took Utah State. Um, Let's go because yep. my friend met their athletic director last year. That's my only reasoning. I actually, yeah, I, don't, I, I like this Utah State team. Uh, Pac twelve stinks. So Pac twelve does stink. Yeah, I also took Utah State. I hate Oregon State. Um, Ethan Thompson's still mad at mad at what that Oregon State team did in the tournament last year and gave some people um, some kind of hope for for Pac-12 sports because they had you know what three teams in the Elite Eight. No, no, I hate the Pac-12. I hate Oregon State. Utah State Pac-12 outright. Sucks. Let's go Aggies, baby. Uh, Ag- Aggies money line. Aggies outright. Maybe we take Aggies money line just to spite them. Uh, New Orleans Bowl, Marshall plus six and a half against Louisiana. I went with Louisiana. I did as well. This was always tough though because I remember last time I did this, I took Marshall to cover and they they got it done for me. But Marshall. I I got I got to go against the thundering herd in this one. I just I feel like a terrible person betting against Marshall. Like, We Are Marshall. Yeah. You know, that movie just moved me to tears. Um, I'm going to go Marshall just because I feel like it'd be it'd be bad of me not to. Just cur- I'm going to I'm gonna give them a courtesy, cur- pick. courtesy pick, Marshall. That's fair. Uh, Myrtle Beach Bowl, Tulsa, Old Dominion. Old Dominion's getting nine and a half. This <laughs> Throw the record like books out. <laughs> uh, I Born for the ages. I just took Tulsa, I guess, because um, not really much thought into that. I looked up, uh, so one of the reasons I picked Toledo because I looked up Middle Tennessee and I saw they had lost to Old Dominion and I saw that and instantly took Toledo and I saw Old Dominion and in this one I instantly took Tulsa. So whatever <laughs> conference that Old is, Dominion. yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't like him. Yeah, I got Tulsa. <laughs> right. uh, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Kent State plus three and a half against Wyoming. So is it the... Is it the potatoes that are famous or the game that's famous? I'm going with the potatoes. It's probably. the potatoes. There's no way this game's famous. You get teams like Kent State and Wyoming playing it every year. So um, I'm sticking with my uh, my Mac model. Yep. yep. Same. Mac, Mac, Mac. Uh, Frisco Bowl, <laughs> December 21, UTSA, the Roadrunners, play San Diego State. I took UTSA because I am fading Brady Hoke. <laughs> Classic fade. Premium. Actually, I love UTSA in this game. They had a fan, great, great story, fantastic season for the Roadrunners, and they'll they're gonna smoke Brady Hoke. He's right. Yeah, I actually, I know it's it sounds funny like saying this, but I really liked UTSA this year. I thought yeah. they were they were a scrappy team. Yeah. Got to see them a couple times. Um, how can you not root for the Roadrunners? Yeah. Great mascot, great name. Um. SDSU, burn. 
Let's go UTSA. Armed Forces Bowl. Shocker here. Army playing in it against Missouri, <laughs> plus three and a half. I took Army just because, you know, it's a tempo football game. Covering three and a half for a service academy, I don't really feel like it's that hard. I really don't. I like Missouri. I like the way they, they bounce back this season, finished out some of those games down the stretch, a couple of good wins. Um. Yeah, this one was uh, – I didn't lose any sleep over it, but I had trouble <laughs> – uh, Trouble picking here because I did want to go Army because I th- I do think like three and a half is a bad number for most teams. Not so much the service academies because it's all touchdowns yeah. and defense. That's my thought. But um, I think Missouri might break the uh, the hearts of these servicemen. Um, I got them plus three and a half. All right. Um, I don't know how to pronounce this one. Maybe the Gasparilla. Yeah, the, cl- the classic Gasparilla. Um, I find this one interesting because when UCF was really hot a couple of years ago, and they beat Auburn, and you know they were looking for the next state step to take to get actual credibility right. for the playoff moving forward. They in Florida tried to get a deal done, um, and they wanted a home and home, but Florida wouldn't take them seriously. And I believe it was either home and home for Florida or a home. And they for Florida got two homes, so I find this interesting. It's a little game for Central Florida to kind of say, "Hey, we are the best team in Florida." So I'm going to go with Central Florida. I also took this uh, Central Florida solely because Mullen's gone. I don't this Florida team. I don't think is going to give a shit about this game. I don't. I don't, I don't think they're going to. They're going to come out to play at all. So. I when that, when that's the case, right yeah. When that's yeah. the case, you that's that's how I uh, how I usually bet these games, and I love Central Florida. Yeah, I I think I'm I think like I said earlier, I think they they care more about the Gasparilla Bowl. Um, <laughs> I think almost if you're like a four or five star at Florida, it's almost like a a slap in the face. It absolutely, you know is what I mean. It's like face. oh, I came, oh, you know the whole pitch, you know. Come down to Florida, you know, we got the girls, we got the coach, we got the history, we got the national championship. For a chance to get to the playoff. And then what do you do? You go ahead and you get Central Florida and the Gasparilla Bowl. Barely Um, get into a bowl. Yeah, and and you're only touchdown favorites and you're not going to cover. But I did want to – I'm just noticing something now. So there's the Frisco Bowl on December 21st. And then there's the Frisco Football Classic on December 23rd. What is Frisco, and why do they have two bowl games? I couldn't tell you. Um, what? Yeah, what is Frisco? The Frisco Football Classic and the Frisco Bowl I think are it's, different. Yeah, Frisco is in yeah. Texas. Yeah, it's no, part I of actually Dallas Fort Worth metro I was, area. I was putting together a little spreadsheet of my own with these bowls, and I noticed that too. That Frisco's got two of them. They're bo- they're both in Frisco, Texas. Interesting. Maybe it's a little hot spot area for bowl season. <laughs> um, Vacation down in Frisco for for the two games. Just so are you are you Central Florida or Florida? Uh, I'm gonna go Central Florida. Nice. I th- I, th- I like a money line just for Marty's reason. I mean, I've, he said they don't. Like, Florida's not gonna give a shit. Every every six and a half or seven and a half point dog, I think we take money line in bowl season. Yeah. Uh, Hawaii not? Bowl, Shocker, Hawaii is playing in it against Memphis. <laughs> Hawaii's plus six and a half. Or did we did we do the Frisco Football Classic? Which one's that? Or we did a different order. Yeah. Miami and North Texas? Yeah, I think we're in a little different order. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get All right. Uh, yeah, Memphis, uh, six and a half point favorite against Hawaii. Uh, 
I like Memphis, but I like this game to be close. Six and a half, I kind of wish it was seven and a half because I feel like it'll be a touchdown game, but I'm going to go with Memphis. Yeah, I also took Memphis. I took Memphis. All right. Uh, the Camellia Bowl. Interesting. You know, my, you know who I'm taking. Ball State, plus four and a half against Georgia State. I will be taking the MAC. Just clean sweep, Mac. Yeah. That would be huge Let's for just, the boys. Yeah, that's what we should do. We should just put all put down mass amounts of money on the, the Mac and just see if we're profitable after and the whole season. And we got another one. I actually faded my model on this one. I took Georgia State for, for, for no reason other than fading my model, my Mac model. They'll get, oh, the Camille. Oh, that's the one. Wow, the, the one. They got one college football game on Christmas. It's Georgia State, Ball State, and the Camille. I can't wait for that. I'm going to be cheering for the Mac. Yeah. So you're sticking with the Mac model. Quick lane bowl. Western plus one and a half against Nevada. We got to go with the Mac. I, yep. I, I, I'm going with my model on this one. Yep. I got Western. I got Western. Roll Broncos, baby. Beauty. Military bowl. ECU versus Boston College. I'll be taking Boston College to cover the three and a half points. Right? I was actually mulling this one over, and my model really likes ECU. Yeah, so, so your model. <laughs> part of part of my model to use the same terminology that loves the MAC in bowl season, the flip side of that hates the ACC in bowl season. Um, long story short, ECU. I feel like a good good strategy when picking these bowl games is you just start like obviously you take some power fives and spots, but just fade them because like I I don't know that's I just like it. They're, that's where, like, the, in these terms teams, of the, these teams are getting their shot to play yeah, these games. Yeah, and, like for instance, the yeah. Birmingham Bowl, December twenty eighth, Auburn, Power Five team favored by against Houston by three and a half. I'm taking Houston yep. in that one. I mean, I don't really know if Auburn football is really going to care. Tank Bigsby's transferring, and and, and same with oh, Auburn Nick's last year. They got they played Northwestern, and got smoked. Yeah, all in their day. bowl game. Like, I like I would like Houston if they were three and a half point favorites. I yeah, they're getting three and a half in this. Yeah, I lo- I love Houston. It's like a lot of chaos ensues in those games because like the non power five team wants it more, and sometimes like the. You know, like a team like Auburn, just so much bigger and and stronger that even though they're not even going like full bore, still it's still it just because it's but it's a really competitive game. You know yeah. what I mean? So like three and a half will. Yeah, but I Houston's been a good team yeah, this they year. Are. I mean, they played not like Cincinnati was the only yeah. team that exposed them. Yeah, and that. since he's, I mean, since he's right up there since in the playoffs. Playoff so, yeah, so, I mean that's a no. Okay I know. Loss I know. I don't, I'm not saying Memphis they're like. Too. Uh, an a SMU team, but I'm just saying, like, I think that three and a half. I think there's going to be, a, I think it's going to be really close to the number. Yeah, I, I think I, it'll I, be close. I kind of too. agree too. Uh, first responder bowl, Louisville Air Force. Air Force getting one and a half. Um, I've actually seen Louisville play a couple times this year, and uh, I kind of liked watching them play. So I did too. I'm going to take Louisville. So um, we're just fading the first responders and the armed force, the armed forces uh, servicemen. But uh, I guess I, sorry. I also took Louisville, so we consensus that. Okay. Um, here's your favorite conference up next in the Holiday Bowl: UCLA plus one and a half against your other favorite conference, the ACC and NC State. So who do we take here in this <laughs> crapshoot? Um, tie? Could we yeah. tie in a bowl game? Maybe. 
Uh, NC State's actually been a pretty good team all year. I'm taking NC State. I am cover al- also two. taking NC State. Um, I'm taking UCLA solely. Uh, I haven't even checked if he's playing, but Dorian Thompson, Thompson Robinson, Robinson is yeah. an animal. He is. So I think he's going to win that game if he plays. If he's not playing, then I'm that could also <laughs> be that could also be kind of like a, com- a coming out party. Not so much a coming out party, but like a last you know exclamation mark on a career that was just plagued with mediocre. Players play, around yeah. him, yeah, for sure. All right, uh, Liberty Bowl, Texas Tech plus eight and a half against Mississippi State. That's a big spread, so I'm going to take the Big Twelve here, I just because I think the they can thing. put points out there. Eight and a half is a lot. I mean, that's just asking them to keep it within a touchdown. That's, yeah, I Mississippi State. They're fine. They're a fine team. They haven't really showed me. I think they could win by seven. Crazy. Yeah, I no, I like I like them to win this game too. I, that, but that was my. Uh, that was my pick as well. I took Texas Tech. And I feel like points. these I feel like these power five um kind of crossovers, they they stay pretty close. Like there's not too many blowouts in bowl season between matchups like this. Like Texas Tech is to the Big Twelve what Mississippi State is to the yeah, SEC. Correct. Like, yeah. like they're hundred percent they're this very game's close in so stature. Many yards. Mike Leach versus the Big Twelve. Yeah. Yeah. Um guaran- Texas Tech. Yeah. All right. All in agreement there. Guaranteed Rain Bowl, Minnesota versus West Virginia. West Virginia's getting four and a half. I took the Mountaineers. I like the Gophers in this one. I like Tanner Morgan. He's good. Yeah, I this one <laughs> I had trouble with this one, but I did go the Mountaineers. I I it's gonna be Minnesota. I like I like that spread on this game. It's gonna be close. I do too. I think Minnesota's just kind of been I mean, aside from really keeping it closest with Ohio State and kind of being yeah. right on the mark with the 12-point spread on that, uh, they play in the West with the Big 12, or the Big 10, I'm sorry. And it's like, who are you really – Iowa? I mean, they kind of fell down this year. Wisconsin I mean, started to pick it up against – like in the back of the half of the season with their defense, but you're playing teams like Northwestern and Purdue more – and I just don't think it's the same weight when you talk about the Big Ten, really, and as a, with the West. So I'm taking West Virginia. I one. agree, though, that I I took a second on that game too. Um, I think I think it's gonna be right there. And if if I had to bet on that game separately, like take all these picks separately, I would not be betting on that game. I just <laughs> I just really am fading PJ Flack. Fair. That's, I, it's, yeah. your, it's your model. <laughs> I mean, there's there's really like niche reasons for like. You know, a, the guaranteed rate bowl, like who you're taking, and that's mine. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, on Fen- to the next. Fenway Bowl, Virginia, SMU. I've actually followed Virginia, not like extensively, but they've kind of been one of those games that teams that plays on like a Thursday or Friday, and, you know, I'll bet on them a little bit. Uh, I, I like Virginia. Uh, being favored by one and a half, they're a pretty good defensive team. I think they get it done against SMU. I am once again fading the ACC <laughs> and taking the Mustangs. All right. I'm actually taking uh, taking Virginia here, the Cavs. Um, yeah, I'm taking the Simple Cavs. Simple as that. Simple as that. Pinstripe Bowl, Vatek versus Maryland. Uh, I'm taking Maryland. Um, yeah, this game stinks. <laughs> uh, I'm taking Vatek. Maryland is terrible. I'm so. doubling down on, on Virginia. Yeah, I'm taking Vatek. Um, I could not live with myself if I did anything towards just promoting a Maryland win. Yeah, and no. They're, they're terrible. They're, they're, they're awful. <laughs> uh, they shouldn't play sports at that school. 
December 29th, the Cheez It Bowl. Interesting. Oh. Clemson, Iowa State. Um, I believe the now spread is one and a half right now. Yeah. I think yeah. it is. So, pr- relatively close to a pick 'em. I like Iowa State. Um, they've they've kind of had some bigger games throughout the season that they've stepped up and won. I think they beat Oklahoma State, right? Um, yeah. And so, that's yeah, a big I, one. didn't they beat Baylor too? Or they 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 they, they played really well. They this made year. some noise against yes. some great teams. I I feel like Baylor, Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma were three good teams, solid top fifteen teams in the Big Twelve this year. Uh, so with playing that schedule versus Clemson, who just looked awful all year, uh, I'll be taking Iowa State. Um, I actually I love this matchup. I, I took I took a set like a second trying to pick this game. Clemson started out terrible; they looked awful, but they've bounced back in recent weeks. And Iowa State has had a really good year. I did I did take Iowa State, but I think that's going to be a really good game. I I took Clemson. Um, I do think while we've talked about, you know, that kind of theme of of big bigger schools kind of mailing it in for these games, um, I think Clemson, I think Dabo kinda hey, this is the worst season I've had here at Clemson and but we're gonna we're gonna end this thing strong. So I think and I do think they're capable. Like not just that they're gonna play because I think Iowa State's gonna they always play hard, but um I like Clemson by two a score. The, two of the best coaches in the country going yeah. at it, Campbell and yeah. Dabo. So just it, in the Cheez It Bowl, but in the Cheez It Bowl. It's gonna be a good I game. I like Clemson to to win by a score. All right. Uh Alamo Bowl. I like this one. Oklahoma versus Oregon. Uh Oklahoma's favored by four and a half. I love Oklahoma minus four and a half. I think Oklahoma's I a very good football team and I think Oregon outside of doing one thing good in their lives against Ohio State is awful. Utah waxed them in back to back weeks pretty much. I mean, they are awful. I d- have done a little bit of a not a one eighty. Thibodeau is even playing. So I would say I would say I've done a ninety on uh, Oklahoma this year. Solely because this team looks different under uh, Caleb Williams, the uh, the freshman. I, I he's dynamic. I I like Oklahoma to cover. Yeah, I like Oklahoma too. But these teams are very similar. Yeah. Like, yeah. just should have been way better than they were. Lost some really just terrible games, and I I think Oregon. I don't think they bounce back from just those that really terrible last month of the yeah. season they had. Just awful. That, I mean, the Bedlam was really close, too, so Oklahoma's not, like... No, Oklahoma's they're, they're, they're good. Decent I form. mean, Caleb Williams is a great quarterback. He's probably one of the best quarterbacks in at the NCAA right now. No, He'll no. be one of the best next year. Uh, Duke's Mayo Bowl. I like this one. North Carolina versus South Carolina. Battle for the Carolinas. With the hot week that the Gamecocks have had and Shane Beamer getting the love he much deserves and... Them just kind of looking like maybe more of a fearsome opponent in the SEC for the years to come. And uh, special shout-out to my boy Joey, Joey Bowen, coaching on the defensive end there. I'm taking the Gamecocks. Um, yeah, I, kinda, I like North Carolina in this one. I looked it up to see if Howell was playing. He said, I'm not letting that, uh, that heartbreaking loss to NC State end my career like that. So I think they might come out with a little fire. How, as, how much as Howell has been wishy-washy, he's still been a, a damn good quarterback at North Carolina, so I like them to cover. Yeah, I have a, I kind of have a similar take on that. Um, kind of the send-off for Howell, they're, I think they're better. I think they're better with 
Powell playing like a full, <coughs> a full, Excuse you me. know, style game where he's not held back and he's just gonna, you know, give the give the Tar Heel faithful just one last, you know, game yeah. to remember him by. I think it's gonna be interesting though, purely because it's North Carolina versus South. Yeah, Carolina. no, it's gonna. Yeah. Be, I like I like that they matched them up yeah. for sure. All right, uh, Music City Bowl, Purdue versus Tennessee. Uh, I like I like Tennessee in this one. Purdue, they've kind of been, you know, they had their two big wins against t- number two ranked Iowa and number two ranked Ohio State. But uh, other than that, I think when they match up against the SEC, I think Tennessee's just a little bit better of a ball club. Yeah, I think a lot of things point to Purdue in this one. So that's why I took Tennessee. <laughs> that, it, again, same same logic as you would logic. Yeah. Uh, boiler up, boiler up. Yep. All right. Uh, Las Vegas Bowl, Wisconsin, ASU. Uh, I like the defense for Wisconsin in this one, but I don't love that it's seven and a half. Uh, I'm gonna fork up here and take the uh, and take the Arizona State. Yeah, that Sometimes. number, that number. I don't like that number at all. But God, Arizona State stinks. So I took Wisconsin. <laughs> I but they can't score. It's that that's a tough number. It is. I have I have on mine. I got six and a half, so I'm taking them. I like that. I mean six. Yeah, six I'd and take Wisconsin. Seven and a half and is half. such a just difference. But um, I'll take Wisconsin. I just Arizona State. Yeah, I could not. They're like Maryland. Yeah. They're the Maryland of the yes. West. Yeah, yeah. correct. Um, all right, getting into the first of the New Year's Six Bowls, uh, Peach Bowl, Michigan State versus Pitt. Pitt is favored by three and a half. I'm taking Narduzzi in the revenge game. I think they have been to that pairing, and then him with Kenny Pickett, I think they're just going to get it done. And I, in my opinion, I think they trounce State. I think they win pretty handily. So three and a half, definitely covered. I have Pitt. Yeah, I don't like I don't like Michigan State in this one. I actually I'm taking State just because I think every one and their mother will be on Pitt, but Pitt's the better That's team. Fair. Uh, Tax Slayer Bowl, Wake getting plus seven and a half against Texas A&M. Texas A&M, obviously, you know, good season. They beat Bama, but I don't really see much from them that I love. Uh, We've seen Wake be able to be extraordinarily explosive. So if you've never really matched up with something like that in like a way where with Bama you know it's coming. Yeah. But this, you're kind of like, whoa, I was Wait, not what? expecting yeah. Wake to hang 55. And they could do that. So getting plus 7.5, I, I trust them to keep it within a touchdown. Yeah, I don't. I mean, Wake Forest defense is horrid, but I don't think Texas A&M's offense is any like thing to sneeze at. So it's, I, like, I like Wake with an over a touchdown spread to cover. Yeah, this is really an interesting matchup because these teams are very different. It's literally going to come down to um, – I don't think I Texas A and M could keep up with Wake Forest, and I don't think Wake Forest can will be able to score just as much as they did in the ACC. And seven and a half, I think, is a good number for the game. Um, man, I've been going back and forth on this one. I think I'm going to go A and M just because I, th- I, I was just I'm going to go A and M. I was just thinking, one like determining factor in this game is is Isaiah St- Spiller playing for A and M? Just looked it up. Declared for the draft, sitting out. So no, right. no, Wait. and he's one of the best running backs in the country. Yeah, so. no, he's fantastic. He against North Carolina last year in the in their bowl game, he had an unreal Torched game. Torched him, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna stay with him. R- ride it out. Right. You got to. 
Arizona Bowl, Central Michigan, another MAC team playing Boise State. Again, the spread points to it. I'm taking the MAC, seven and a half. I like it. You guys are all over the MAC. All yeah. I, I I actually didn't. I, this was the one MAC I didn't didn't go with. I like Boise State. I do too. It's bowl bowl season is Boise State is bowl season. I, yeah. yeah. Also, like the cent- Central Michigan. I, I don't know. Nothing really impressive. <laughs> no. I'm not fading the, the Chippewas. Yeah. I would refuse to fade the MAC. Uh, what about the Tony the Tiger Bowl? <laughs> Miami versus Washington State. Uh, I'll be taking Miami in this one, uh, although they're dysfunctional as hell over the past couple of years. Uh, hopefully the new hiring will give them some life and they'll be able to come back. And, I mean, they're only favored by two and a half, so win my little field goal. Yeah, this is one of the only ones where I really have no reasoning behind it at all, but I took Washington State plus two and a half. I just Just because. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I I have no no lean one way or the other. Yeah, I feel like Miami isn't a team that's particularly keen on, you know, playing hard. <laughs> yeah. Really ever, let alone in a bowl game. They're going to be but, right there with Florida. But they are, yeah. I'm going to take them anyway. Yeah. I'm no, I, yeah, Washington Miami. State's awful, but I uh, let's let's ride uh ride what are they? Cougars? It's probably going to be a Terrible, terrible game. Yeah. Like, completely sloppy game, but... Um, All right, now the two playoff games. Uh, Those are the next on the schedule. Cotton Bowl, as we know, Alabama-Cincinnati. Bama's favored by 13.5. I think I would take them if it was 34.5. Yep. I'll be taking Alabama. Yep, that's consensus. (laughs) We we touched on that in the last podcast. Uh, Yeah. Orange Bowl, Michigan, getting 7.5 against Georgia. I thought it was 6.5, but seeing 7.5 just makes me want Michigan even more. I have Michigan Moneyline regardless, just being a fan. I do think part of them can get it done. I think it's close, 7.5 for sure. I kind of – so I took Georgia in this one. I mean, I think I kind of – my logic was that I just don't like Michigan, but, like, I don't – I don't think Georgia. I I have I took them. This this is submitted with seven and a half. But I really I don't know if they can cover seven and a half. But let's I, let's hope they do. So <laughs> one of one thing that has been true with me about gambling is the teams that like rival my teams, like Michigan, like you know the Cubs, things like that. That my teams rivals that I cannot bet on them because whether you bet on them to lose or you bet on them to win they will always find a way to screw you and that's just kind of the way of the world that's why they're your rivals it kind of you know the packers are basically the only team just because you know what you're getting but that's why i've had trouble even though i like michigan i'm actually rooting for michigan um i don't think i can bet on them for the sake of a pool i'm I'm gonna go Georgia just because that's my model. My yeah, model, right. sa- my model <laughs> says I can't bet on on Michigan, so I'm not going to. Uh, Outback Bowl, January first, New Year's Day, first of the games on uh, the holiday. Another SEC Big Ten, Penn State versus Arkansas. Penn State favored by two and a half. I took Penn State, and I think what will be a very low scoring game. I took Arkansas solely because of the reason I've always liked Arkansas for some reason. So yeah, me too. Uh, they come to cover. <laughs> I think their their Razorback is just so cool. Yeah, it it's, is. It's a cool. Their we'll jerseys. Their jerseys are really cool too. I am going Arkansas. I think Arkansas money line. Next one on uh, New Year's Day Citrus Bowl Iowa plus two and a half against Kentucky. I kind of didn't know Kentucky was able to just stick around after just losing every game. It seems <laughs> like they play in. Uh, but yeah, I'm taking Iowa. I, I like Iowa in this one too. Uh, I'm going Kentucky. I. 
All right. Yeah, not much more. Yeah, even when Iowa is playing well, I just don't think they're that good. And, I mean, neither is Kentucky, but I'm fading Big Ten. I'm going Kentucky. All right. Um, All right, your guys is fighting Irish against the Oklahoma State Cowboys in the Fiesta Bowl on January 1st. Oklahoma State favored by two and a half. I actually am – I know I said I was on the Oklahoma State train – because purely, not because I like Oklahoma State, but because Notre Dame always finds a way to lose these games. But after seeing kind of, with it being National Recruiting, National Signing Day, seeing these guys kind of wanting to rally around Marcus Freeman, I think this is the first step in like a beautiful next chapter for the Irish. <laughs> and I'll be taking the Notre Dame I just got chills. So I actually, I actually reneged on a pick two in two games later that we'll talk about in a second from last week, but I obviously take Notre Dame. That's... It, it wouldn't matter what the spread was. I'd still hammer him spread just because I'm a fan. Um, I'm I, also, actually, I like the matchup. I like the matchup for him too. I'm honestly. actually going. Oh no, no, I could never. I'm going Irish, <laughs> and it, yeah, again, it didn't matter what the spread was. I think turning and page. call me, call me irrational, call me a biased fan, but I just think there's something turning there where I do. where it's not one of those. It's not one of those situations where everyone's got oh, coach is gone transfer portal, all this bullshit that comes with it. I think it's kind of like, no, yeah, this is this is step better. number one. This I think is, they got better. This is step number one. Step number two is Ohio State to start next year. Uh, I think this is a building block for them. The first, you know, set the foundation, go beat a very good Oklahoma State team, yeah. Irish by a million. Uh, all right, speaking of, Rose Bowl, January 1st, the granddaddy of them all, o- Ohio State versus Utah. Utah's getting six and a half. I could not like the Ohio State Buckeyes yeah. anymore. Six and a half is by far too low. I really don't understand because I think Ohio State, the level they play football at in any given game, is really I think you can only put maybe four or five teams in that group this year. Yeah. And Utah is not one of them. So I think they looked uh, great against the team that Ohio State lost to twice, but by no means do I think Utah can win this game. Yeah, I took uh, Ohio State there. I mean, you made about every point that I could have made. I, I would like them, again, same as Notre Dame, whatever spread this would be. So the tiebreaker for our pool is actually the Rose Bowl score. Oh. So I looked it up over under 65. I actually took the under... And I like fifty nine. I like thirty one. I don't know some. I whatever combination. Thirty one twenty eight. Yeah, or but that Ohio State wouldn't cover. I'm yeah, thinking I, like forty two ten. Fifty two. You, you like it to go under too? I like it to go under. Just I mean, I yeah. think I don't think that Utah is going to really score points. I, I can't believe this is only six and a half. Honestly, I really honestly, I've had like I th- initially was like Ohio State by a billion, but dude, everyone in their brother is going to be hammering Ohio State. They do have a common opponent and Utah smoked Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, that's true. So but that's that, why I but think that's people like are why, trying to take Utah. Nah, there's, I guarantee But I, I think everyone's just State. like brain just keeps that. Dude, it's it's not hard. Ohio State. I, for, I'm i going to go with Ohio State. They got but, waxed by uh, Oregon State this year, 42-34. Not wax, but still, it's Oregon yeah, State. Yeah, and they and they beat a team that beat Ohio State by a combined, like, 70 points in two games. We It goes both yeah, ways, but I, I'll take Ohio State to cover, but I think it will be a closer game than people think. Well, you think it's within a touchdown? Because that's what the spread is. I think it'll be around a touchdown. So you're taking Utah? Uh, what do you have your spread at? Six and a half. I'll take, I'm taking Ohio State. 
to win by a touchdown, cover by the hook, maybe. I mean, yeah. I think they'll still cover by seven or ten. They'll win by seven or ten, but in my eyes, a close game for that is within like fourteen. I think if it's gonna be like a two possession game, pretty much the whole time. Yeah, the line is still six and a half. Uh, very interesting there. I got the combo 35-24 Buckeyes. There's the fifty. I was trying to think in my head a logical score. Yeah. All right. There you go. Um, all right. Last game then of the bowl season until the championship being played on January tenth. We'll have the Sugar Bowl wrapping up the New Year's games, uh, which is now a pick 'em between Ole Miss and Baylor. Uh, Baylor was a point and a half favorite, but now it is showing as a pick 'em over under a fifty four and a half. Um, I like Baylor to ride this momentum uh, that they had, but part of me, that's why I'm going to go with Ole Miss. See, last week I took Ole Miss because I was fading some sort of a run in Baylor, and now I'm going to fade my previous fade and take Fading Baylor. their fade, interesting. Yes. That that that's my that's my model. Yeah, I talked <laughs> a, I talked a lot about the Baylor Bears on our show last week. Um, I'm I'm sticking with them because they just made such an impression on me this late in the season. Um, let's go Bears. Yeah, what a way what a way to react to the uh, that loss mm. or that or that win in the uh, Big Twelve championship. I mean, they they, they could. <laughs> Turn the tide after going two and seven last year. Uh, so it was a big game for them. Uh, I think it's also though big game for Lane Kiffin recruiting wise. Uh, beat a good opponent, solidify yourself as being like we're the third best in the SEC, and no one else is really trending up right now. Maybe Texas A and M, but if they can solidify that and maybe start to challenge Georgia or Bama for a run in the next couple of years. I mean, he, Lane's young, so and anybody this see, is still uh, a program-defining game. Anybody see Kiffin doing the uh, – uh, He was. it was like he was doing a jersey swap. He swapped sweatshirts with Rupert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were sitting in like a uh, like a Porsche or something, and they, they swapped sweatshirts. I was like, okay, Lane. Okay, yeah. That's in line with – He's getting, he's getting ready he to do that after, the, uh, after that Sugar Bowl, so we'll see. Well, um, if that wraps up bowl season. Yeah, that's it for bowl. I guess if we had to say wrap it up maybe with your national championship projection, mine is Bama-Michigan. Roll Tide. And I, think, uh, I think Bama wins. But Yeah, Bama-Georgia, Bama. Yeah, right. Bama. And, uh, yeah, so we will be gone for bowl season. Uh, it's going to be a hell of a time. Uh, we got no shortage of, of action. Maction in particular. We're riding the Mac. It's going to be fun. Um, obviously, NFL is heating up. we got a lot in the next couple weeks, and we will be back here for the National Championship. National Championship. Um, going to get an episode out on that championship Monday, so we will see you then. Thank you. <laughs>